Okay, let's 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 do it. Okay. Welcome to the Looking for the Ocean podcast. I'm Han. This is Tom. Hiya. So this is our medium to talk about films, TV, any media that interests us, essentially. And today we're going to be talking about the new Pixar film Soul, which I love, must say. Good. Um, it is it's really good and it's new and we have a lot to say about it I think you have Disney Plus watch um, it well worth it yes absolutely it's brilliant made me cry um, which takes a lot honestly I'm apparently like <laughs> without emotion because I didn't I cried both times I watched it I almost cried the first time I didn't cry the second I, I was sat on FaceTime with Ben watching it and I cried. And he was like, are you joking? I was like, no. Was that the first time you saw it? Yeah. Heartless bastard. It's alright, he doesn't listen. Um. I mean, yeah. It takes it takes him a bit to get through it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ben, on your second listening. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Ben. Um... Okay, so Jeez. before we get into the chat, like the the movie chat. The movie oh. chat. I am good, thank you. I'm scared of adult responsibility. Me too. Can relate. Can relate. Mm. Holding deposits are not cheap. <laughs> How much is yours? It was a week's run. Include, including bills. I'm not saying that on the podcast. <laughs> as wasn't as one on a week's rent. Yeah, as as is a week's rent just to hold it, and oh, then I think it's another week's rent to um, secure it. Ooh. Mm. That sounds fun. Go to uh, uni, guys. It's great. <laughs> Go to uni. They said it will be fun. They said. <laughs> I've been at home since October. It's not what I signed up for. I've been home since December. I know. <laughs> I'm. I'm still. The novelty's still there for me. I. I mean, yeah. I'm. I. I. I love being at home, but I do miss uni. Yeah, same. But like, welcome to COVID. Nothing's safe at the minute. Yeah. Uh, okay, so. <laughs> I have made a little plot synopsis. Have you? Wow, this comes as a I great have. surprise to me. <laughs> um, spoiler alert for anyone who wants to watch it before they yeah. listen to it. Okay, this. stop. What? Stop listening. Watch Soul. Come back. Come back. Please okay. come back. You watched it now, yeah. Please, please. We need. We need. Welcome back. Welcome back. So this is this is <laughs> this is Hans' plot intro for Soul, and I've Welcome seen the word. I've seen the number twenty-two about thirty times in the Google Doc. So yeah, because it doesn't have a name. Okay. So right in this film, we meet a guy called Joe, who's a teacher, but he wants to be a musician. Insert the phrase: people who can't do teach so joe gets offered a job in the school he teaches at and his mom obviously wants him to take the safe option and stop trying to pursue music but why would he do that when he gets a call from an old student of his saying he has a chance to play piano with somebody famous 
So he goes to the audition, he smashes the audition, he gets the job. Then on his walk home to get ready for the gig, spoiler alert, but not really because the film's called Soul, and we just told him to go watch it, he dies. Obviously, Joe refuses to accept that he's dead because he's just found his big break. So somehow he hacks death and jumps from where souls die into where babies get their souls from. Yes, big shot. This whole film was about souls. I'm sorry. I know I keep saying it. There's a lot of weird personality stations and the baby souls get mentors to find their spark, which is essentially when they realize they want to live on Earth. So Joe gets mistaken for a mentor because he's an adult and he just goes with it because he thinks it's his way back to Earth and his body and achieving his dream. He gets stuck with 22, who is literally the most unwilling mentee possible, who really doesn't want to live, and he tries to inspire it with his love of music. It doesn't work. And neither does anything else. So instead of trying that, they go and meet a literal crackhead who can maybe help Joe get back onto Earth. Does it work? Sort of. Joe's now a cat, and 22 is in Joe's body. Big surprise. They have to run a load of errands with 22 pretending to be Joe. Most of these make Joe realise he's actually only got one personality trait in his love for jazz, because that's what he talks to everyone about, apparently. Joe and his mom repair their relationship, cutesy, and she decides to support his dream of playing music after all this time. I forgot to mention that, like, all this time, one of the guys in charge of sending people's dead souls into the great beyond has been chasing them and trying to get Joe back there, because, like I said before, Joe hacked death, which you probably can't do, so if you die, don't try it. So when both of them get back to their baby soul place because they got captured, they realise 22 found its spark and now wants to live, but Joe Joe wants her Earth pass because he thinks 22 got the spark by being in his body as if 22 doesn't have its own personality. So 22 gives Joe her pass like reluctantly and angrily and he gets to go back and play in the gig. He does well. His mom's proud of him. Happy days. Back at his apartment, he gets out all the little things 22 found on Earth that made him, like, made 22 realise life could be good. And Joe decides to start playing his piano inspired by the little collection on the music stand. So he gets into the zone, which is apparently this, like, spiritual place where you sort of, you're half between life and death. And he meets the crackhead guy again, who tells him that 22 is now a lost soul. Big sad, guys. Joe has to find and talk to 22, and he gives the Earth Pass back so that she can go and live which means that he has to accept that he has to die cue me crying because joe managed to inspire 22 to live the things who are in charge of giving babies personality and stuff decide to give him another chance at life which joe decides he's going to use to really live every minute like cue me violently sobbing because oh god okay just one violently sob were you like Violently. Walk around your house kicking everyone while you were crying. Yes, that is how I deal with things. <laughs> was that a nativity <laughs> reference? What? Was that a nativity reference at the start? Those who can't act teach and those who can't teach teach primary. Yeah. <laughs> I love that film too. Oh, good. <laughs> Okay, um, yeah, this is overall thoughts on the film before we run through it. Love it, absolutely love it. It's so, it made me, it really made me like think about everything. Whoa, Hannah, that's the first time I've ever heard you be actually thoughtful about a film. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm thoughtful about Star Wars. You just don't like my thoughts on Star Wars. 
Thoughts on Star Wars or Hayden Christensen's fit? That is all. That is the majority of the notes you wrote down to plan for the next two episodes. It's actually not, but like, okay, okay. Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor are fit. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's fifty percent of what I wrote. <laughs> yeah. Um. I no. I really. I actually really like this film. I think it's really good. It is really good. So, um, like, the question we're posing for this podcast episode is is Soul the best Pixar movie? Do you think it is? I'm going to go through the discussion and see where my thoughts go because I'm sort of 50-50. Yeah, I think from a certain perspective, like, it's definitely the most mature and it's it's not like it's R right. It's not like Joe's gone around cussing everyone out and then <laughs> like there's a fully nude sex scene in the middle of it. Like it's not mature like yeah that mature although i now want to see that pixar film um <laughs> i tell me you wouldn't um no i would but I, I think it's probably the most thought provoking pixar film and maybe inside out maybe but maybe, but i think this is more adult than inside out inside out's just sort of like is your feelings and yeah. this one's like is life essentially? Yeah, I, I, it's and, life and, death, and it's a bit deep for it's a bit deep for kids to understand. I'll say that, but like, I think it can still it can still be enjoyed by kids. It just it can be thought about more by adults. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that that's a thing that runs through Pixar films. Like from the start, you had Toy Story. Yeah, it's toys running around but there's themes of like self actualization and like realizing that you're you're not what you think you are a lot of the time like the whole you are a toy thing it's a meme but then you know you are in debt um (laughs) (laughs) university (laughs) uni students um so yeah i think so it's a th- it's a theme in Pixar, but I think this is one of the ones where it's best executed. Yeah, definitely. I I agree with that. Um, I think like like I said, it's a lot of kids can enjoy it, but they can't get a lot out of it, like as much as adults can, because adults sort of have to deal with death for children. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so like they don't, ha- they haven't had to deal with it yet, and they haven't had to like think about what life is and what death is and stuff. Yeah, especially for young young kids. Like I think once you once you sort of hit and say like double digits, you like you start learning more about that kind of thing. But like a, a young kid watching this film, like in lockdown, the parents are bored and they just want to stick something on. The kids are gonna like, like they're gonna. Uh, it's it's colourful, it's bright, it's fun, it's actually funny, which is more yeah. than can be said for a lot of animated films. Um, <laughs> illumination entertainment. <clears throat> um, and I just, I think, yeah, I, I just think it works on a lot of levels. And I think a lot of that comes down to Joe as a character. Yeah, I think Pixar sort of do a good job of creating an actual human like he's yeah yeah and 
it's I think it's the thing a lot of a lot of people can relate to is like they're not happy where they are. Like Joe isn't happy being a music teacher. Like it's something he's passionate about. Like in theory he should enjoy it, but he doesn't. Yeah. And I think it's what just... the No go on. Oh, I was just gonna say it's just like he's very like how I said in the synopsis that like he's only got one personality trait. That's not true, but like it's all he talks to people about and he sort of it's very like humanizing that people think they've got stuff in common with people and then you find out other people speak to them that you actually oh we can talk about other stuff too you know yeah yeah so like the scene in the hairdressers um I think mm. that's probably the best example of that is is that what you're referring yeah. to yeah 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 i but I, like even when he's like teaching when the kid just goes off on trombone and I've I've played in jazz bands, it happens. I have played in jazz bands where the tenor saxophone has got up and walked around the room playing a solo. And yeah. like and the film shows that like as the film goes on, you realise that that's a moment that Joe he appreciates it in the time, but then he, he lets it go and he doesn't live in it because he's always thinking about what if or like what if I could have been and then he gets the what if like the what if comes true for him yeah. and it he becomes like not a dick but his he it's shown that like he'll do anything to follow that yeah definitely um, even like I think it's I think a lot of it as well is because it's the only thing he's got left of his dad, which you find out, like... Yeah. Goes... So it's... It's, it's a very, like, human... It's a very human character because he sort of holds on to things. He's yeah. really deep, actually, isn't it? It's a lot about dealing with, like, people dying and... Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the happiest film about death I've seen. <laughs> yeah that's, that's like the best way to put it on surface level it's a film with a jazzy soundtrack about bright blue sort of bouncy baby characters that are funny and you've got Tina Fey as the wise cracking sort of yeah. soul who hasn't he, you know oh that rascal but yeah it's it's a lot more than that but yeah. it is that as well and it does that really well too yeah, because I think that mainly comes down to the cast yeah, it's like with I feel like with voice acting you can do a lot more because a lot more and a lot less because you you can do more with your voice expression but you don't have to worry about the way you're moving or like your body language or anything because the animation will do that for you. An animation allows for a greater suspension of disbelief. Like it is much easier to believe in someone flying in an in an animated movie than it would be in a live action one. So you have to suspend your disbelief more when you're watching, say, yeah. the Avengers and Thor decides to like swing his hammer around and he takes off. That is, you have to suspend your disbelief more in that than say a guy cheating death in an animated movie because it's an animated movie. Yeah. <laughs> like it happens. Yeah, obviously. Like, this is the medium where we've seen the genie sprout three heads and create a whole parade of things for Aladdin. Like, it's that kind of thing. I love that film. Uh, yeah, I, I love Aladdin. It's great. 
But that's a story for another episode because I, I can see the argument coming. I can see it happening. Because yeah. <laughs> um, the live action one isn't good. Anyway. Um... <laughs> not on that yet, Tom. Oh, we're not. Focus. <laughs> but I, I think that, like, the thing, the thing with this film is it uses everything that it has pretty much to its fullest. Yeah. So it's cast, it used really well. Jamie Foxx does great as sort of the everyman Joe, which makes him a really relatable protagonist and a really good point of view character for the viewer because they can see he's wrong, but they know that they probably do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It sort uh, of, it makes you like, I I mean, it might not for a lot of people, but like for me, it sort of made me like look at myself and I was like, damn, I need to sort of, it's not self-absorbed. It's just sort of, I don't know how to phrase it, sure. but it's like I said, how you've got like one thing you talk about with that one person and then realize that they've got other stuff that they could talk to you about and you don't think about that until you see it yourself yeah and it's people like if you go to the same shop every day you'll see the like if you go to a corner shop every day you'll see the same person behind the counter but yeah to you they're just the person who runs the corner shop yeah but they have like their own sort of story yeah but to them you might just be the person who comes in and buys like the newspaper or whatever you're buying like yeah it works both ways i think it does a really good job of pointing to us and say, you know, fix up without going, ha ha ha, you're all shit people. Fuck you all. <laughs> you're crap. Like, it does a really, really good job of not being that. It's, it's, it's not patronizing. It's quite nicely done. It's like, yeah, that this is, it's sort of, it poses it as, this is what you could be doing wrong, but you could be, you know, like it could be either way. Do you know what I mean? And this is how you change it. And I think, again, the reason that it manages that is because it it shows, not tells. So it isn't yeah. one of the Jerry's turning around to Joe and going, oh, well, you should really be appreciating stuff more. It's Joe realising that and the viewer realising that that's what he's thinking about. And yeah. show, not tell is one of the best tools in filmmaking I think because it's just way more effective yeah. than going well Joe realised that he should be doing stuff more and then he goes back down to earth and does that like it's his yeah, own like, character's it, journey yeah like in a in a sort of Disney film it'd probably have like a narrator telling you what's going on you know what I mean like sort of, a film like this would sort of have narrator saying like oh and Joe learned to appreciate everything in life yeah, like a Morgan Freeman yeah. voiceover. Yeah, whereas like this sort of, like you say, shows not tells. It sort of. Yeah, it, it is... relays it in a not patronising way. Yeah, it's like it's really difficult to get narration, so it's not just a boring. Oh, this is the narration, but I think Shrek actually does yeah. that quite well. But um... yeah, but yeah, so it it this film doesn't need it, doesn't use it. Yeah brilliant it's just i love it okay thoughts on 22 i love 22 as a character i think 
the character development you get from literally like a blue blob is just blue blob phenomenal. <laughs> uh, yeah, and because like, it's a blue blob, you can put yourself like it's not. It's it's relatable to everyone. Like it's not like. Yeah. It's shutting certain people off because it's not a person yet. Yeah. It could literally be anyone. Yeah, and I think that's a lot of why it can make you think as well because it's 22 that starts to realise, like, wow, like, look at this, I don't know, pizza crust or, like, the bagel and her seeing the busker, it seeing the busker. It's just seeing all the things and it's, like, you sort of, because it could be anyone, you sort of put yourself in 22 shoes and you're like, wow, I should really, like, look at all this differently because there is a lot of little things that you could be appreciating, but you're not, especially like now it's the sort of at the minute with lockdown and everything and like Corona going on, it's just, it's the sort of lighthearted, but also makes you think film that I think people need at the minute. Yeah, It's the heaviest lighthearted film I think I've seen in a yeah, while. And it often- it occupies kids, so I suppose parents are happy either way. <laughs> and it keeps kids quiet. <laughs> Absolutely. As someone who has worked with kids in the past, trying to occupy them for anything more than about 20 minutes is a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely. I love working with kids. Um, yeah, I think it's great. I think Tina Fey does a really good job. I really like the jokes of I, I think the comedy in this film actually works really well. Like the um it's so when she says I'm been messing with this one team and she like fucks up the basket <laughs> New York Knicks and they haven't won a championship in about like a long time. Um and like jokes like that and all the historical references to all the like great people that have mentored oh, yeah. twenty two. I really liked that. It's really good. Lincoln and everything. And then it sort of, that all comes back up at the end as well because of how 22 is, it started to play on her mind. Everybody said to her, and it was all all funny, that you're never going to live, like you're worthless and all this until she got to live, it got to live, SBPC. It got to live... And well, we're saying her because it, Tina Fey voices it. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, I was just clarifying. Okay. Of... I've lost my flow. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it so twenty two go. It becomes a lost soul and sort of in the weird sand person formation. They look like. The people out of Gang Beasts, which is a video game, and it's basically just Play-Doh characters hitting each other. It's great. <laughs> they look like those, but evil. I mean, I suppose... Oh, I remember where I was going. I remember where I was going with it. Um, It sort of all comes back at the end to almost haunt her, because she she starts thinking about now that she's had the opportunity to live but then joe took it away from her she sort of starts thinking or maybe i don't deserve to live or whatever yeah it's just that's what it's sort of sad and you don't like to see it because you sort of get attached to the characters in this film what i did anyway good (laughs) i think that's kind of the point 
Because this film doesn't work if the characters aren't likable, because Joe could very easily become irritating. 22 could really easily become irritating. Yeah. I just like, they're sort of on the brink of could be irritating, but could be likable. And I feel like you can take it either way. Yeah, yeah. I, but it's really easy for the wisecracking, almost comic relief, um, which in this is 22 for the most part, um, to become a bit irritating. Like, just, I'm trying to think of an example. Yeah. Jar Jar Binks it's not really like wisecracking but it's the comic relief and the comic relief character if they're not done well can just become a bit like grating yeah like Jar Jar Binks like Jar Jar Binks or Poe in the sequels um he yeah so 22 works really well and Joe works really well as sort of the straight guy not straight not straight as in like straight straight as in like in comedy, you have like a straight guy and a silly guy. Yeah, like a the um, high-strung person. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he works really well in that, not appreciating. So, and that comes around because Joe doesn't appreciate Twenty Two's views at any point until the end of the film. Mm. Yeah, that's another thing that kept coming up. That it that was what irritated me about Joe because. Every time Twenty Two did something that was like, oh, like I don't know, when she saw the busker and she was like, I've heard music before, but I've never felt like this before. And he's like, yeah, you feel like that because you're in my body and I like music. <laughs> it's, it's my body. <laughs> that she had her own personality, like she's had her personality made, and it discounts that from her character. He's like, no, that's me. That's me coming through you. That's not you seeing that for yourself yeah i mean yeah uh is yeah he 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 doesn't act like a toddler but he acts really he would it's your body and someone else is in it having all fun yeah no i can get it it's just like obviously i've never had to deal with anybody else being in my body right in front of me before so i can't relate yeah so it's just (laughs) irritating (laughs) but as human as i'm saying he is yeah, I've that, never it, had that experience before. It's my like body and my experiences. Leave it alone. Yeah, and then like when they get back and she's got her Earth Pass and he's like, no, I want it because you got that because you're in my body. Mm. It's just like, okay, I get you don't want to accept that you've died, but... You what? I had a frog in my throat. A frog in your throat, not a throat. Throat, 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 in your throat. Yeah, I think the film as a whole just seems to go, just like wants to tell, it's telling everyone, chill out, take a second, enjoy what's happening. Yeah, I think is what everybody sort of needs at the minute. Yeah. Everything going. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I'm like really stressy at the minute, especially with the exams coming up. Yeah, I'm sick of living through historical events. Can we stop, please? <laughs> Can we just have a normal year? The virus. Come on, guys. The Let's... virus. Democracy almost crumbling in America. You know the us- usual. The usual. Since when did the new normal become like 
laughing, or not even laughing at America, like just despair. Yeah, that's been the norm for a while. Yeah, <laughs> laugh at America, pretend that nothing's wrong in our country. The end. Yeah. But yeah, this film, like cool. this film, almost tells you, yes, that's all important, but just take a step away for two seconds and yeah, like, appreciate it. Go for a walk. Do something creative. Yeah, it's just sort. Of, it is like you said, like sort of the sort of cutesy thing we all need at the minute. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it just sort of, it's just sort of. It's a film that you don't really have to think about, but it makes you think. But it's not. It's subconscious, you know. But yeah, it can be subconscious. But if you want, if you like, go into the film and you think, yeah, I'm going to actively watch this, then it like it's still effective like you yeah. can think about it yeah i think because it deals with such a big issue as death like it's like in most in most cultures death is not desirable and it's scary and it's something that we sort of learn we have to sort of face with dignity and it's sad and because it deals with that and that's it it uses that to sort of get the message across that like yeah we are all gonna die so just enjoy it just chill chill out yeah. <laughs> yeah. so it sort of gives you the permission to just take a step back take a minute and think like it could be worse no. It could be a lot worse. I mean, yeah. And yeah, I I think the the other thing is because we all have a really final end, um make the most of the time you have. Yeah, like, definitely. Be Joe after he died the first or second time. I, I don't know if you'd count it. Um Be Joe at the end of the film, not at the start of the film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And like it sort of as well, it sort of tells you like face your dreams, you don't know when it's gonna end. Yeah. Exactly. If you don't like stuck behind a desk, don't be stuck behind a desk. Yeah, like the minute he gets his dream, he dies. But that's because he's not paying attention to anything. But that's you know. Oh, like an example, like when the um when Graham Norton revives, like puts the guy's soul back into his body. Yeah, and he realizes like he's like, "Wow, I'm alive!" and he starts like throwing stuff everywhere, <laughs> <laughs> like an investment banker or something. And he's like, "I'm quitting." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sort of just gives you that permission to just sort of you know, do what you want, like do what makes you happy. I, for- I forgot the Graham Norton was in this film. Graham Norton's the person who like yeah, he's the crackhead. <laughs> Graham Norton's the cracker. There's some great. Not to jump, but they did anyway. Yeah. There's some great cameos in this in this film. Richard Iwade is great as Jerry. Oh, he's really funny. He is really. He's one. Of, he's so. He, he's great. If you get a chance to watch his um series on travel, on Dave, watch that. that. It's really good. Uh, travel man, I think it's called. It's really good. Um, Richard Iwadi's great. David Diggs has a great cameo. 
<coughs> is just great. He is yes. great. And that his character has a really cool moment with Terry, who's great as an antagonist. Um, yeah. To well, he's not an evil antagonist, but it's just the way he's he's trying to stop Joe from doing what Joe wants to do. Yeah, but he's. I suppose he's just trying to do his job because the death counts off because Joe literally had. Hacked death. Death. <laughs> like, dude, we really need to be doing that right now. What hacking death? No, exactly. See, wait, what? <laughs> you don't like, no, I'm just saying, Joe is like, Terry's just doing his job, okay? <laughs> Terry's just doing his job. But yeah, I think I think all the sort of the reason that all of that is something that we can take away is the character change Joe goes through is something is a the it's the emotional core of the film and b it's something that is attainable like it is easily done by everyone to have the change of the change of mind that Joe has. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So, go on. I don't know, you go. And because he's so relatable as a protagonist, and because the film puts in all of the legwork leading up to the big climactic moment where Joe, for want of a better term, wakes up and smells the roses. Um, yeah. It's such a good emotional payoff that it made Hannah cry. <laughs> yeah, it was. Takes a lot. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it takes a real, real good film to make me cry. So it, it's that sort of like, it's that big push to that moment that it's great, and it's not like a film like The Phantom Menace where you feel like you're watching an hour and a half as a big intro to a big climactic moment. It's meaningful from start to finish and it just builds and builds and builds and builds and it's just great yeah it's just I really like this film I just can't sort of display not display (laughs) another word I can't express how much I like this film okay so watch it as like a like a calm down film because I was having a bit of a mare with lockdown. I was like, I can't do it anymore. Oh. <laughs> then I watched this and cried. I felt better. Oh. And that's what a good Victory. film can do. Exactly. So, big question. Is this the best movie Pixar have put out to date? Um... <laughs> Uh, uh, you go first. <laughs> okay. If I was looking at it from a purely objective point of view, where I was just looking at this film compared to the rest, mm. I'd say it, it had. There is definitely an argument for it. It isn't my favorite Pixar film, just because of yeah, nostalgia. It isn't my favorite, but 
Yeah. And The Incredibles will always, always be my favourite Pixar film because of the soundtrack and because of Syndrome, and it's great. But I think that it is... If someone were to come to me and say, um, Souls won Best Animated Picture at the Oscars, and it's like the best-reviewed Pixar film and stuff like Rotten Tomatoes and stuff like that, I would have no issue with it whatsoever. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I, it, it probably is, but the nostalgic kid in me goes, yeah, but Incredibles. <laughs> yeah, that's me with Cars. Like, Cars, Cars was my mine and my dad's film when I was little, so it's sort of... It's definitely on par with what I think was the best movies, but just because it hasn't been out long enough for me to have, like, memories tied to it and stuff. I wouldn't say personally that it's the best. Yeah, but it's almost like it's got sort of like the silly fun of the start of Inside Out mixed with the emotional sort of hit that you get from films like Toy Story 3. Yeah. Which Toy Story 3, it probably, Soul, The Incredibles and Toy Story 3 are probably my three favourite Pixar films. And Soul probably, if I was to look at it from a completely objective point of view, where I wasn't a kid when I first saw the film, does both of the things that The Incredibles does with its message about sort of family first and like there's more than the big struggles that we see in life. And Toy Story 3 with its big emotional hit where the toys like accept death and fall into the fire together holding hands. That's a moment. Um, yeah. Soul probably does those better than both of those films. Yes. Yeah, I I would say that. Okay. It's like, it, it is the childhood sort of thing of oh, but this was the film I used to watch when I was younger. Uh, like, for me anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there'll be a whole other like, generation of people that will think of like Soul as like the quintessential Pixar film that like made them cry and stuff. Maybe. Hopefully. I hope so, because it's a damn good film. It is, it is amazing. Like, And I hope that the fact that it hasn't been able to come out in cinemas doesn't stop it from being thought of, of as such. Yeah, well, I think at the minute, because of the time it's come out, there's no cinemas open, so it can't come out in cinemas. A lot of people are going to be using streaming services more. Yeah. I bought, I bought Disney Plus because I got in lockdown i was like oh i'll do the week trial and then see how it goes and then i just haven't cancelled my subscription <laughs> pretty much the same for me um but i feel like because this didn't have the build-up of stuff like the hamilton production that's on disney plus now and the mulan film which the live action one which is not good <laughs> um i haven't even, i didn't even bother watching that because i don't i don't ma- i'm not massive on the um on the actual animated one either, so. I, I, Mulan's all right. It, it, it's a, it's a decent film. The, the original, not the, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I've completely forgotten what we were talking about. Yeah, I, 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 I think this film probably deserved that fanfare a bit more than maybe both of those, and I, I hope it doesn't suffer from not having that because it just sort of came out like it was at the top of Disney Plus one day, and I was like, oh, I'll get around to it. 
yeah, I saw loads of people that I used to work with raving about it. So I was like, oh, you know what? I'll give it a watch. Yeah, I'd say Lauren made me watch it um, for a film night, and I'm glad that she did. I am also glad that she did. Yeah, because now we have a second episode for our podcast as well. <laughs> and seeing a really good film, which is always a bonus. Yeah, we were watching it on the same night when we first watched it, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, and cried. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, a, it's a really good film. Watch it. Watch it with someone. If you haven't think... already listened, like, if you didn't go and watch it at the start and now you're annoyed that you got spoilers, you tried, first of all, but now <laughs> go watch it. Go watch it and watch it with someone. I feel like yeah. it, it, it works better if you watch it with another person. It's one of those kind of films. Yeah, I mean, I just sort of sat there sobbing on my own. I was like, it's so beautiful. And so I had Lauren on the phone who was like, I might have cried. I was like, yeah, I got close. <laughs> okay, <It's> so, so <laughs> our answer to the question is, it probably is, but we're not going to admit it because sentiment. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So we will now... answer. <laughs> First time for everything. I'm probably the last time you'll hear it on this podcast. Um, Absolutely. Okay, it's time for this or that. I'll be asking Han to choose between two things from the film we have just talked about. So we will start off with 22 or the cat. 22. Joe or David Diggs' character? Joe, just because he has more of a part, I guess. The hairdresser or Joe's mum? Hairdresser. Jerry or Terry? Terry. Be Jerry, they're nice. <laughs> the kid from the music class that goes off on trombone, or his ex student that plays piano in the band? In drums. Oh, yeah. My bad, Joe plays piano. <laughs> <laughs> um, the ex student, because he can do more, like he's done more for Joe. I, I rate that guy. Fair enough. Okay. And the saxophonist from the band, or Brand Stark? Why do you keep comparing things to Bran Stark? Um, really? The saxophonist, do you mean the main person? Yeah, yeah, the main person in the band. Oh, her. Who actually gave us this podcast. Um, thank you. Okay, so, rate, finally, will you rate Soul out of 10? Um, I love this film. I cried both times I watched it. Um, it's a, it's a nine from me. Cool. I'll give it an an eight. An eight. An eight. Okay, I can I can deal with that. Yeah, it, eight point, okay. eight point five out of ten for soul. Eight point five. Okay, we can deal with an eight point five. Wee. So thank you everybody for listening again if you're back um, or for the first time I hope you enjoyed um, follow us on our Twitter at LFTO underscore podcast there is a discord server in our Twitter bio or the link thing wherever it is you Where can is? join that okay um, okay cool <laughs> um, wherever it is you can join that and talk to other people who maybe listen to this podcast 
And we also have a Facebook page, which is called Looking for the Ocean, which you can just search for on Facebook. Thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoyed and we will see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.